0: get it that is exactly what you want quoted as the expert the story headline the spin every week join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public your public Craft your image, promote your products, create expert status, become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101, crisis management, media blitzing, it's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Now, Cover Story presents exclusive coverage of the 2009 PRSA Silver Anvil Awards. Please welcome your host, Brandy Shapiro-Babbin.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Brandy shapiro Babin of WebmasterRadio.fm, and welcome to this edition of Cover Story, where we have continuing coverage of the Public Relations Society of America's Silver Anvil Awards. And today is no less exciting than any other day for these fabulous nominees. I'm super excited to have with me Jay Gooch, who is the Associate Director of External Relations, Beauty and Grooming for the Procter & Gamble Company. Um... In that capacity, he is responsible for leading brand external relation programs for deodorants and male personal care programs, as well as personal cleansing products. Brands that he's responsible for include, and you know them all, Old Spice, Tag, Secret, Gillette, example, Blades and Razors and Shaving Care, as well as Ivory, Safeguard and Zest. Talk about heritage brands. Um, and. His submission is Multicultural Public Relations Business, the TAG Experiences, the Clean Smell of Success with the Launch of TAG Records. Welcome, Jay.
2: Thank you, Brandy. Welcome.
1: How are you this fine, sunny day?
2: I'm doing well. How are you?
1: I am doing terrific, thank you. How exciting for you guys.
2: It is, it is. It's been a real journey, and uh, I'm happy to be talking to to you about it today. It's great.
1: I, I am, too. You know, When I think of Procter & Gamble, I always think of forward thinking, and I think of you guys always being two steps ahead of the curve, and I I do. I go back to um, the beginning of soap operas, where you guys decided how to captivate an audience, create soap operas, and gain allegiance.
2: It's a long time ago, but yeah, we've done a lot of creative and novel things, and, and this is yet another one.
1: Absolutely. So now you guys have gone and created a music record to adopt... Um, urban young men to the TAG Body Spray, where you are predominantly focused on young white males.
2: Correct. Correct. You know, it's, it's really part of TAG's effort to kind of reframe itself against, as you just noted a second ago, that urban consumer, urban mindset consumer, really. Um, it, it, it's an exciting development. You know, a lot of brands have been involved in music in the past, but no one that I know of, has ever really gone off and actually formed a record label where we're not just involved in the music of these guys, we're actually producing the music for these guys.
1: Okay, so let's talk about this, because I'm I'm very interested to know. You did this in concert with um, a partnership with Def Jam Records, yes?
2: That's correct.
1: Okay, which is one of the world's largest hip-hop labels.
2: If not the largest, correct. Okay,
1: so how do you approach someone like that um, without it being cannibalistic.
2: Well, you know, actually, the me- mechanics of it. We we work with an agency called Acme Content Company, and really, the guy's name is David Caruso, and, and David works with our brands to look for new opportunities and new partnerships to you know, achieve some of the marketing directed uh, objectives. Excuse me, that we have on our brands, and it was really David in Acme Content that that helped put this deal together with I on Def Jam. I mean, it was you know a partnership in every sense of the word.
1: I mean, that's because it's amazing to me, because like, no offense, per se, these guys don't need you. But yet you managed to enroll them into um, an amazing campaign that has so many moving parts, my head is spinning.
2: Well, I think it, what's interesting, and I think what, you know, you, you could talk to them, but I think what they found interesting was it was really sort of unique. I mean, every artist struggles, if you will, to get visibility out of the blocks. And what this program is about, is it's about identifying new young artists that we can you know, work with Island Def Jam to create the music and get it out there. And with every new artist, they're always struggling and looking for that marketing plan, that budget to get their name out there, to get their songs out there, et cetera. It's not a trivial exercise. And what we did here was really put together a plan where we're actually using the record label as the primary vehicle to market the tag brand. In other words, virtually everything we've been doing up to this point has been about the advertising and integration are all about tag records and the the new artist that we've got right now and uh, his music and so it's a great opportunity not just for the brand but for the artist and for the label to get out in front of the public in a unique and creative way that wouldn't otherwise happen.
1: Absolutely. Let's talk about you know before we get into involved in the execution. Let's talk about the research that you did to actually you know develop this this program.
2: Well, it's pretty fundamental, right? So the first thing we do with all of our brands at at Procter & Gamble is to really understand the consumer. So who's the consumer target? What is it about their lifestyle and their interests, et cetera, that we can find the intersection with the brand and bring those things together to talk to them, you know, in a very relevant way about what we've got to offer and why the brand that we're working with them on is is a good choice for them. And so it really boils down to coming to that fundamental consumer understanding about, What's their interest? What's their passions? What are their lifestyle choices that we can really look to integrate with the brand?
1: Yeah, and music. Music is so universal.
2: You know, it's almost trivial to say that. I, quite honestly, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, we, most of us, all of us, I would say, are, are music lovers in one way or another. If you look out there on the brand landscape, lots of different brands, you know, through time, find ways to to partner with music. You know, they'll have celebrity artists that will do a special song Mm -hmm. or maybe celebrity artists and celebrity music in your commercials, in your advertising, whatever. And, you know, so just different ways of touching the music. But nobody's ever really, you know, gotten to that depth of integration where you're literally creating new music with new artists and using that as the marketing platform for the brand.
1: So you inherited the tag brand, um, due to the relationship with Gillette. And at the time, it, it was struggling a little bit. And the focus was predominantly on white males, correct?
2: That's correct. I mean, it did come to us as part of the Gillette acquisition. And the body spray category, while it's still a relatively young category here in the United States, it's much older over in Europe, by the way, it, you know, it, it's a somewhat of a crowded space, if you will. And the tag brand was not doing as well as we'd like it to do.
1: Absolutely. So you decided that... When your research showed that people were not focusing on this urban market space and this young urban market space. So utilizing the Tag Records brand and creating music and enrolling this crowd would um, give you guys market lift and hopefully market dominance.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what the thinking was. And, and so you, you look at the intersection of young guys, urban guys, um, music etc and then you lay on the sort of of course the whole category thing which is guys don't want to stink i mean urban guys are no <laughs> different than any other guys but you know i think what we found in what we know from our research is there are even more shall i say center fragrance involved than sort of the typical guy and so that also made it make sense because you know you, you can't it's hard to get your game on when you stink right so you got to be there in order to be successful you don't want to stink you look at all those things. You look at the music, and we just brought them all together in a way that made sense.
1: You are so adorable. You can't get your game on if you stink. Well, and you it's can. no, I, I, I guess it's you can't. Fundamental truth, Brandy. No, it's it's very it's very true. <laughs> I, I agree with you, and it's great to do it in a way that's a little bit more cost effective than going into a department store. And if these kids are already out there using something, they might as well use your brand versus someone else's brand.
2: Well, yeah, that's the great thing. So body sprays in general tend to be what we call a point of market entry for fragrance for a lot of guys. I mean, guys will use it in a deodorant context, but they're really, they're fragrance. I mean, they're most tied to fragrance and, you know, young guys in particular are not running around, many of them buying department store fragrances. So this is a great way to, you know, get a great smell um, and not have to spend a lot of money.
1: Which is terrific. Okay, so let's talk now about um, planning and execution. At least for the five, the first five weeks of the campaign, which I believe is what um, the results we're looking at here are.
2: That's correct. So, of course, in a situation like this, what you want to do is, is you, you really want to get this thing off the ground in as quick a way as you can. And so, there were a number of different marketing elements that we used in, in to announce the program. I mean, we used traditional sort of public relations tactics of getting out media releases and media outreach to all of the different. Of music industry publications, as well as all the major urban market publications. We had an on-the-ground tour going around 11 cities in the U.S. called you know, the Keep It Fresh Tour, mm-hmm. which was all about you know engaging guys in markets, bringing MCs in, guys could get on stage, do their thing, compete in these local markets to win you know, cash prizes, etc. So we had a big tour going around the country. We did a substantial program with the Hip Hop Summit Action Network and NAFIO, which is the National Association for Equal Opportunity. They are involved in historically black colleges all around the country where we had a, a competition among those guys to you know, tell us your story about how can we help you sort of keep it fresh and, and, and make your own sense of history. Mm. Um, so we have multiple legs as well as, of course, conventional um, radio advertising, print advertising, not a lot of TV in this particular campaign because we didn't think that was the, the best way to go about reaching this consumer, but really marketing, all those marketing touch points um, to reach that core target.
1: Now, do you, would you say um, online or offline was stronger for you? I don't mean in, in regard to the physical, um, the physical events that you had, but I mean in getting people to the physical events and getting people to, um, to participate and to know about TAG. What was stronger for you, online or offline?
2: Well, you know, to be totally honest with you, they're all really interrelated. Mm -hmm. I don't think we could effectively execute a program without both um, because you've got to have, you know, complementary tools to drive as much awareness as as you can. When we're doing in-market stuff in local cities, of course, we did local outreach through, you know, top radio stations, top market stuff in those cities, you know, even using some of the local barbershop networks because that's a core space for the urban consumer to really kind of drive awareness that way. And, of course, you know, the online stuff has to, to complement it as well. You want to touch as many different points as possible. It's really one of the interesting challenges of, of, of reaching, you know, this particular target. The urban consumer is not an easy person necessarily to reach. You've got to have a lot of different ways of getting the word out.
1: Absolutely. Now, when you were, because I see, and I know we're not, um, you know, I see here that the budget was three hundred to 500000
2: that's that was roughly the budget for our public relations campaign. Correct. Of course, the marketing campaign was much much larger than that.
1: Okay, and I was wondering, was there any kind of um, buy-in from um, Def Jam? Did they help co-sponsor this?
2: Well, of course. I mean, Def Jam partnered very closely with us, as you might guess. You mentioned it earlier. I mean, they're the largest hip hop record label around, and they have a, a huge network of of people in the in the industry. And so, when we were reaching out and launching this initially to you know the the music industry we partner very closely with them to tap into their expertise and their knowledge and their network of contacts within the music industry to help get the word out. I mean, it's it's, Definitely a partnership.
1: Yeah. I mean, it sounds to be honest with you, I mean, it sounds like almost one of those, God, I wish I thought of it because, you know, here you've got a company like Def Jam who absolutely knows what they're doing in the market space that you want to dominate. Um, but they, they have their own outlet, which I'm sure has a crossover to your various outlets so there's there's like well, sure. great cross section definitely an
2: intersection between the two of course.
1: Abs absolutely, um, which which I find so very interesting because how are they approaching you saying, uh, or I mean, as as Procter and Gamble or Tag Records and saying, like what are they needing from you that they don't already have? What kind of markets do they want to tap into so that they can keep growing their record label?
2: Well, I think so. Look at it this way: we mm-hmm. talked a little earlier about the challenges of launching new music and a new artist, right? So it takes an awful lot of money to invest, even if you're a record label. So if you take Def Jam all by itself, if they want to get new music out and a new record out, pretty substantial investment to get that done, right? Mm-hmm. So from their side, they're looking at us. We're, we're a consumer product brand, and we're gonna. they know we're going to market in a big way. Mm-hmm. And so all of our marketing elements carried, if you will, the tag record's um, you know, information and the tag record signature, if you will, all throughout the process. So, from if you look at it from an Ireland def jam point of view, I think you know it looks very attractive to be able to take you know the big investment of a marketing budget for a brand like ours and parlay that into mm-hmm. something that's tied back to you know a record label, which is good for them.
1: Absolutely. I mean, for our listeners, you know, whatever industry you're in, I think this is such a brilliant brilliant, I mean, it really is. It's a brilliant plan. And it's one of those, like, who would have thunk to an extent? You you know, and I I (laughs)
2: totally agree with you. And I want to be, I want to be clear. So in all fairness, we're talking, you're talking to me and we're talking through me in this particular case, because one of our brand managers, quite honestly, his name's Adam Weber here at at Procter & Gamble was the one who created this whole plan. um, plan. And it was a, it's a brilliant strategy on his part.
1: Adam Weber. Good job. Is he going to be at the Silver Anvils?
2: Uh, I don't know whether it's on his schedule to be able to be there or not. He's a busy guy.
1: Yeah. Well, can I tell you, if I was him, I'd be showing up. I'd want to get up on stage if I won. I mean, good ingenuity, obviously hard work, obviously a great team effort over at P&G and, and Def Jam, but um, excellent works. And you guys did. I mean, your, what your goal was was to attract like 50,000 unique visitors to tag records during your first five weeks of launch. Sure. I mean, you had a pretty but low me- bar.
2: Well, you know, again, it's it's challenging to get to this particular consumer, which is why, like I was saying before, you've got to use a lot of conventional and, a, in some cases, unconventional sort of PR tactics to get out and to reach this consumer. And I don't want to lose the fact that you know Manning Salvage and Julia, our, our public relations agency partner in this whole thing, was a fantastic partner and a great architect for you know the media outreach strategy and all the um, all the support in local markets for our tours and for our. For our Hip Hop Summit Action Network partnership and competition. I mean, all those things had to fit together, and and MSNL was a tremendous partner. They did a great job.
1: I love hearing that. I love hearing happy clients. You know, that's.
2: We always love that both ways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We love, you know, happiness breeds happiness, and we love when people (laughs) work well together. So, Otto, so you, I mean, so let's see, you did the, um, you know, obviously the partnership announcement. You did the Tag Records First um, Artist Revealing, you did the Experiential Tour, you did the Nonprofit Community Partnership, and then you did your Targeted Influencers. Correct. Wow. All at one time within five weeks, plus launching yeah, a website.
2: You know, all of that, all at once. I mean, you got it, like I said, it's a big splash. You make a big splash early on to get the word out and to you know, try to get some momentum behind that initial push
1: which is which is t- tremendous. Out of, let's say, those those five initial things that you did during those five weeks, which one do you believe, I understand they, they all intertwined and, and balanced each other, but which one do you think had the biggest lift?
2: You know, I, I haven't even looked at it that way because I've always looked at it through the lens of each one of those is an in- integral piece. Mm-hmm. And I think they all actually played a, a key role in, in, in their own way. I wouldn't necessarily carve one out versus another. I think they're all, they were all important. I certainly think the effort to get the word out, I mean, just making people aware and getting the news coverage and the media coverage and all the work that MSNL did to make that happen is, is probably the, the critical thing, because the events are nothing if people don't know about them and they don't show up.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and I do, and I, I love, you know, looking at this campaign, I see how every, each prong, you know, outside obviously the, the press release, benefits the urban male, you know, there's something positive. There's a contribution there that enhances someone's life and someone's heritage.
2: Well, I'm glad you you recognize it that way, because that was a a very purposeful effort on our part to make sure that we were not just in the community talking to people. We were in the community being part of the community and working with the community of people to, to provide something right. I mean, it would have been, you know, not very satisfying, I don't think, on their part or even on our part for a brand to just sort of show up and pass out samples, for example. It was, it was really important to, to be part of the community and work with the community.
1: Absolutely. So I think, you know, that's, that's very important, especially, you know, when you see consumers are being a lot more savvy today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's harder, to, um, it's harder to adopt them. But if you can reach out to them at a passion point on a myriad of different levels and enroll them, then they become your best evangelists.
2: You got it, Brandy.
1: Yeah. I love when I get it. So how, how long has the program been in existence now?
2: Well, it's been in existence now for about, oh, six to eight months now.
1: Okay. So I want let's go over the numbers that we had, if we could, after your first five weeks. And then I'd love to know some of the numbers where you are today. Okay. Okay. Um, so objectives, increase sales and awareness for tag records within the urban consumer by 30%. Your results?
2: Uh, we did that, and we did that, and more. I don't have the specific numbers in hand, but clearly achieved our our, um, our goal in that one.
1: Okay, so I do have from your first five weeks. Correct. Okay, um, you, you're still waiting for final numbers when you did the submission, but an initial um, analysis of the campaign resulted in a cost per million impression of two dollars and fourteen cents, where historically impressions of, with a CPM of three dollars result in strong ROI figures. So what was considered to be good at $3, you guys did phenomenal at $2.14.
2: Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at numbers like that, right, the key point of a number like that is whether or not you can get to people in a cost-effective way. I mean, you can put together a public relations program and go get numbers, but how much does it take to get there? And so we use that number as a way to to really understand whether or not our tactics and our agency's tactics are are pretty cost-effective because you know if you if i 've got something that takes you know ten or twenty dollars to reach a thousand people i 'm probably spending an awful lot of money you know just to get there so you know we 're really pleased with that metric I mean I think by any stretch of the imagination, being under three dollars and around the two dollar range is, is pretty satisfying but you know that 's just a number more important than that is reaching that kind of audience with that kind of cost effectiveness with a quality message. You know, that's what you want the audience to hear, right? So that's really the end game is, am I reaching them in a way? And are they hearing what I want them to hear? Which is that, you know, in this particular case, Tag Records is, uh, um, Tag, the Tag brand Mm -hmm. has now created Tag Records. They've got new artists. They're going to be coming to you in cities. I mean, all of those pieces are important and just as important, if not more important than that sort of raw dollars and cents number.
1: Oh, absolutely. But, you know, it's, you know, as you said, you need this to gauge Outputs versus outcomes. You can have a ton of outputs. Yeah, that's correct, right? And it could be, you know, I always joke around saying, you know, I'd love to be on the Oprah show. But at the end of the day, how's that really? Actually, I was on the Oprah show once. But you know, how is you that? You were
2: on the Oprah show. I
1: was on the Oprah show.
2: Uh, that, 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 that's that's huge. Yes, that's just...
1: it was it was it was hysterical why I was on the Oprah yes. show. But we'll go into that afterwards. <laughs> you know, because you can have a lot of. Outputs um, and outputs in places that you know. Wow, it just seems really great to to be there. But if your outcomes, you know, don't relate to um, sales, awareness, you know, you know, a positive effect on the bottom line and and the brand, then you've got nothing.
2: That's right. That's I- exactly right.
1: So, I mean, I do think these numbers are a cool reflection of that. Um, You guys also had a combined sales growth of more than 50% across key retailers, and in two months, you placed TAG product in the hands of more than 10,000 urban consumers. Yes, we did. Yay. And you also... Oh, here we go. Generate quality versus quantity. TAG media uh, coverage within appropriate urban hip-hop media outlets.
2: Which is exactly where we want to see it, right? So going out and, and putting out a message that was going to get in lots of different places where the urban guy wasn't even going to see it, again... Going back to this discussion about the numbers and the wrong numbers, I could have got a number, but it was all in the wrong place. So what good would that be, right? And, not- and this particular, this particular consumer is not an easy one to reach. One of the reasons why we we actually partnered with with Manning Salvage and the MSNL in this particular case was because of their demonstrated capability to outreach to this kind of consumer. Not every public relations agency, you know, I work with many, has the capability to go out and do this. I mean, there's there's people that are very good at reaching a broad audience, a broad, what we would call the, the rep audience or the representative audience. This is, this is not that. This is really being able to go out and, and make sure you can end up in the outlets where you want to be and, and that are where your consumer target is.
1: Which is important. And obviously, you know, being able to follow their lead in regard to the places where you need to be, not always where you think you need to be, but where you truly need to be.
2: Oh no, totally. And you know, we work, in close partnership with them to, to make sure that we were going to be in the right places. I mean, I just alluded to it a second ago. We, we actually went through a process of interviewing a number of different agencies to understand capability to do this. And uh, MSNL came to us with a really, really appealing capability, and they did a great job.
1: That's awesome. How did they differentiate themselves from other people that gave you the confidence to, to have them come on board to spearhead this?
2: Well, I mean, what we look at is we've literally asked people to you know give us capabilities. And, and by that, I mean, show me. You know, give me a presentation, show me what you've done, show me what brands you've worked with, how you've been able to target and reach a consumer like that, you know, with demonstrated programs. And uh, they came to the table with a great, great um, list of experience.
1: Wow, that's terrific. Did they come to you with any of the concepts that you've actually utilized currently?
2: There's always a partnership there, right? So we oftentimes, when we embark on something like this, we've got some rough ideas in our mind, um, but we really look to our agencies to help us you know, strategize over what might be the best way to do things. And so that's always a very... Um, welcome and necessary partnership and they of course came to the came to the table with a number of great ideas I mean they helped us partner with the Hip Hop Summit Action Network um, the work that we did with NAPIO like I said before which is the National Association for Equal Opportunity Um, they helped us bring all that stuff together
1: that is so terrific and you you roughly 90% of your coverage um, ran in obviously urban hip-hop media outlets and it had a really positive effect 203 media million impressions Including two national BET black carpet segments, Billboard, which is exciting for us because we actually had Buddy Guy played one of our events uh, the night after he presented and played at the Billboard Awards. Um, there you go! Yay, we love that. Um, you know, you had a six uh, six page spread in YRB magazine featuring um, Russell Simmons and q to Kid. Correct. And you sparked more than two hundred urban online blog conversations. That's the important key: conversations, mm-hmm. people.
2: Brandy, we did good, didn't we? This just this, this is fabulous. Yeah, like how do you, like, how I, do you, you? I like you rattling all this stuff off. I, I made mean, feel even better than I did before I got on the call.
3: Yeah,
1: right. Like you guys worked. I mean, this is such a. I love seeing heritage companies doing stuff that. This is the reason why you're a heritage company because you're always doing things to keep yourself fresh and alive and in front of the people that are most in front, most important to you.
2: Well, if you're if you're not looking out in front, right? If you're not looking for what's the, the the newest thing happening and, and really trying to stay ahead of the curve, you'll quickly find yourself behind the curve.
1: Absolutely. And you, I mean, it sounds like you and your your entire team, um, you know, in your agency, you guys worked like unbelievable hours must have been put. I mean, were you exhausted finally when launch day came?
2: You know, with all these programs, there's a sort of a ramping up phase, right? You start off a little slow in the beginning. It's the formative days. And then when you when you hit essentially launch and you've really got to start executing all these things it gets it gets pretty hectic and pretty frenetic um but again you know you kind of pull together and you work your way through it and and um you just rattled off a bunch of great numbers and you can see the hard work was worth it
1: absolutely absolutely because you're making a difference not only in your life but the lives of those around you and obviously you know doing something also very important keeping your job today (laughs)
2: That's very important to all of us yeah. in today's economic conditions. Correct.
1: I do believe you believe you now have some, some excellent job equity <laughs> which you know, which is a great thing to have. Um Wow, I'd love to have you back again as a as a featured guest on Cover Story. You've got a wealth of knowledge and understanding and you really can um help our listening audience to, you know, keep their eye on the ball and ahead of the curve.
2: Well thank you. I'd be happy to do it.
1: That would be terrific. Everybody, this was J.W. Gooch, Associate Director, External Relations, Beauty and Grooming for the Procter & Gamble Company. For their category, Multicultural Public Relations Business, TAG Experiences, the Clean Smell of Success with the Launch of TAG Records. Wow. Jay Gooch, I wish you the best of luck uh, at the Silver Anvil Awards.
2: Thank you very much, Brainiere. Very happy to be on today.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Keep it fresh.
2: Stay tuned for more 2009
0: PRSA Silver Anvil Awards coverage. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back
4: after this short break. Maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR Web release date, your website would have so much traffic you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to PRWebOffer.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online release news and content distribution service.
0: RevenueWire.com and its member merchant Lavasoft. Makers of the world-renowned AdAware present the Lavasoft Affiliate Contest. The Lavasoft Affiliate Contest goes from May fifteenth through August fifteenth. Make great commission and win up to sixty-four thousand dollars in cash prizes. Look for all the details on the Lavasoft Affiliate Contest by logging on to RevenueWire.com and look for the Lavasoft logo on the homepage. Win big with Lavasoft and RevenueWire.com.
1: Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan as she chats with those in the know so your business
3: can grow. Purse strings, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm.
0: Commercials off. Now back to cover story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on Webmaster webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host... Welcome back to our exclusive coverage of the 2009 PRSA Silver Anvil Awards. Once again, here's Brandy Shapiro Babin.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro Babin, and you are listening to Cover Story with our continuing coverage of the Public Relations Society of America's Silver Anvil Awards 2009. Uh, today, we're focusing on the Virginia Lottery Super Teacher Program, Silver Anvil Public Relations Program for Community Relations. And our featured guest is Jill Vaughn, who is Director of Communications. Welcome, Jill. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Congratulations
3: on your nomination. It's so exciting. Thank you so much. We're very excited to be traveling to New York next month. Our first time ever, a a career-enhancing opportunity. We would have never thought it would happen, but it's it's real. (laughs) It's
1: real. Are you you pinching yourself?
3: Yeah, I know when we got the, the voicemail from PRSA, we did a little dance in my office and screamed a little, told the boss, you know, all those things.
1: That's awesome. You know what? But you got to celebrate. That's what life's about, celebrating. And how cool, right? Like being, being acknowledged by your
3: peers. Exactly. You know, you, you grow up in the, well, I grew up in the public relations field my whole career and know how much the silver anvil means to, you know, not only PR, PR students in college, but all the professionals around the country and around the world. And, and to get that nomination nod is just, just a really big deal. And if you're in PR, you know how much that means.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So where, how long have you been at the Virginia Lottery? I have
3: been at the lottery for the past four years.
1: Okay. And where were you previous to that, Miss?
3: Um, before that, I worked for eight years at the Virginia Economic Development Partnership, which is um, another state government entity in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Our charge, though, was to recruit businesses and expand exports around the world.
1: Oh, wow, that's interesting. Okay, so would you say predominantly your, I mean, your expertise is truly in, you know, like, quote-unquote, more like government-community
3: relations? Well, um, most of my career has been in state government, yes, but my very first job out of school was at a PR firm, which I think if you've ever worked at a PR firm, most people know you get, you know, your hands dirty in all different areas, and you learn mm-hmm. all parts of the business, and it's a great launching pad.
1: It is. It's a terrific launching pad, but it launched you right into like government and, and state affairs. How did you? How did you end up in this in this position? You know, well,
3: actually, it's funny. All three of the jobs I've held in my career, I've just um, answered classified ads actually in the local newspaper. So I've, um, you know, actually worked in my field that I have my degree in from Virginia Tech, and then just answered the old classified, So it, it does work. And I will say that my last job um, in economic development really, you know, helped me get to this level where I'm currently working. I got to work with, you know, three great governors and, you know, pounded the pavement doing press conferences every week, announcing new jobs. So, So that really prepares you for almost anything
1: that you know good for you that's terrific and i love the fact that you know the classifieds really work you know there's a lot of different mm-hmm. ways you can go and get jobs
3: but the classifieds are a great way to, to vet that out right of course that was before you know monster.com and, and the web was as huge as it is
1: now too yeah. no i mean, believe me i understand i understand so let's talk about your your um, submission
3: can you give sure. us a
1: background can you yeah, well macro? the Virginia
3: Lottery we're um 20 years old, you know, there are about 43 lotteries around the country and most lotteries um actually profits benefit public schools in the state. Now not every every lottery is like that, but in Virginia since 1999 every penny of our profits goes to the K-K-12 public school system. So, you know, when folks buy a lottery ticket, they can feel good about, you know, about 30 three cents of that dollar going straight to public schools all around the state. So, you know, we were known for, for great games and high jackpots. We have a great marketing department, great advertising. But one thing we found in our research um, time and time again every year when we did our benchmark study was that most Virginians, um, not most Virginians, but only 53% of Virginians know where lottery profits go in Virginia which, you know, is only about, you know, half the population. So that was a little disappointing. So we thought about, you know, this is not our primary marketing message. We we really want people to enjoy the fun games and, you know, spend their entertainment dollar on the lottery and hopefully win money. But it is a great message, especially to some opinion leader audiences and uh, the General Assembly, the legislative business community, local leaders, that our profits do benefit K through 12. So... We came up with the super teacher program to highlight that fact, and it was a, a huge, hugely integrated, lots of different elements uh, involved, but we did some research, and we came back to teachers are really the audience we wanted to focus on because, one, they deserve it, and two, we thought we could create a lot of excitement around the teacher. Good for you. That's, okay, so this is
1: this is exciting. Very different, very different outlet, and it, it is like a built-in audience, and it's interesting to see how you utilize that audience. Let's talk a little bit about the planning standpoint.
3: Okay. We um, did lots of brainstorming, you know, internally and with our, our agency, Corvus Communications, out of Washington, D.C., And, you know, we knew we wanted to focus on teachers, but first we did the research and we got some focus groups together of not only we had one focus group of teachers and one with parents, and we asked um, some key questions and threw out some ideas of what we wanted the program to look like and got some great feedback that we really were able to tweak the program to match the needs And some of the things that the teachers and the parents told us was, you know, there's so many teacher of the year competitions and teacher awards. You really need to make this transparent. And we know from the teachers that we asked them, you know, what would be a great prize for this program? And they came right out and said, cash money. We want money. (laughs) You know, we're always buying school supplies and spending our own um,
2: money out of our own pocket.
3: So cash was huge. School supplies was also mentioned time and time again. We also learned that um, we should provide multiple award levels. You know, there's so many fabulous teachers. How do you recognize just a few? And then, you know, we um, asked them how best we should promote this program, and they gave us some, some good resources that we had not really thought about, like, you know, using the school system's web resources themselves through grassroots approaches television, radio, and newspapers, of course, as well.
1: All right. So, so let, let's talk about community outreach.
3: So I think what sets this program apart was it wasn't your typical top-down school award program. It really involved the community and the parents. I mean, what better way to recognize a teacher other than a parent who has a child in the classroom and sees firsthand every day when the child come, comes home at night what a great teacher that person is. So... Um, With the community outreach, you know, we did some advertising on the web and through radio and TV, and the the Virginia PTA was a a tremendous sponsor with this program, and I need to thank them right now as well as the Virginia supply room companies. They were uh, able to help us with the actual school supply prizes, but the Virginia PTA really put all hands on deck and got the program communicated to their entire membership of parents across Virginia to get people excited, you know, make sure your your school nominates as many teachers as possible. It was an essay contest on the web, so um, we couldn't have done this without the PTA, so we really Excellent. started locally, grassroots, through not only the schools themselves, but through the PTAs.
1: You know what, that, I mean, that's exciting, and it is. It's a built-in audience for you. It's a very intuitive one. Um, that that I think is a it's a terrific strong positive you know once again embracing the community way to go you know?
3: yeah, and we and we also you know approach the general Assembly, the legislators here in Richmond, where we're based, mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me, and we um we do a lot of lottery events around the Commonwealth where we're you know getting people excited about our new products, but we took that opportunity as well to have some folks handing out nomination forms. And getting the word out about the super teacher program, so we got a lot of interest, and in just you know, guests that would attendees at basketball games, college basketball games, um, fairs and festivals, and concerts and that type thing, which is
1: super exciting. So at the end of the day, the evaluation what what did the evaluation show? You guys had a lot of a lot of outputs. What was the outcome?
3: Yeah, well, the big bottom line result was. You'll recall that we had 53% awareness of where lottery profits go to, to K-12 public schools, and at the end of the program, a year later, that increased from 53 to 60, which was one of the biggest jumps in our history. So we were really excited about that. That is amazing. That's a that's a huge difference to make, especially we always
1: love when people, you know, give themselves high goals and they even exceed that, which is terrific. And from the, from a media perspective, you got, you, the super teacher program was nominated. Um, obviously that's a huge thing. And, um, winners were covered by news outlets across the Commonwealth, including richmond.com, Rockbridge Weekly, um, Yahoo News, EarthTime.org. I mean, so you got, and you know, Education Business Weekly, which I think is very important. So, from a, a media perspective, you got
3: a, like a, a very well rounded um, response of coverage. Absolutely. And it, you know, getting the nominations was one thing. And we had over 1,800 nominations, essays, submitted to the super teacher section of the website the first year of this program, which was just, we thought, astounding for the first time out of the gate. And we got lots of media coverage from the beginning of the program, but we really, you know, had lots of slam dunks at the end when we personally, with our executive director, drove around the state and surprised these eight teachers, either in their classroom or in the gym or the school cafeteria and, Talk about, you know, tears and surprise and shock. You know, Publisher's Clearinghouse times 10 for a teacher. It was great. That is so
1: exciting. Well, so, first of all, congratulations again on your nomination. You know, we'd love to have been there to see you do your dance. Um, <laughs> also, was, <laughs> like, that's the best feeling, right? I and mean, just break out into that, that happy dance. It doesn't happen all that often, but when it happens, live it, relive it, continue it. Uh, now, when you look at this campaign... You know, I know you said, you know, the, like the, the focus groups, reaching out to the parents, um, you know, and really being able to rely on them for, you know, some of the tutelage going forward. What are some of the other things that you guys did that you maybe would have thought at first wouldn't have resonated as well with people but really gave you strong lift?
3: Well, <laughs> excuse me, we were a little concerned about, you know, will people really want to write an essay Um, So we had a lot of discussions about how many words should it be, do people really have time to do that. So we were a little concerned that the people would, you know, take time out of their busy day to to go on the Internet and and write about a teacher. But to get 1,800 nominations, that just goes to show of, you know, what great teachers we have in this state and how passionate people feel about them. And we got nominations from not only parents but colleagues, uh, other teachers in their school, principals, even family members, like from sisters and mothers and daughters. So it just, you know, I think the strength of the program really lies on, you know, these um, teachers that don't often get much public recognition. They're behind the scenes and they're heroes every single day. Right, it's the just, It's great, yeah, you know, to to have that personal testimony of how important they are, not to mention that they're getting $2,000 cash from the lottery and $2,000 worth of school supplies that they can immediately put to use.
1: Terrific. There's no, there's no downside for it. And then I said, I love, I love to hear campaigns that are like, they're happy gains for everybody. You know, teachers get nominated. They get to feel good. They're the unsung heroes that they're getting acknowledged for, you know, um, their commitment to children and our, you know, our future, so to speak. The schools benefit, kids benefit because they're getting supplies. uh, You know, every. Obviously, a stronger lift is, 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 um, is gained for the Virginia Lottery, so it's nice when you see these three-pronged approaches that are just like win-win-win across the board. Can be yeah, very thank proud you, of and really, it really, it just
3: feels good, you know, going to the presentation. Yeah, New York City, are you going to go to the theater while you're there as well? Not sure yet. We, we have our dinner tickets for the award ceremony, but we are staying an extra night to enjoy the city. <laughs>
1: Okay, so then you absolutely and positively, you know, you have to go to the ceremony, enjoy every moment. You got this nomination, one of the highest honors you could ever hope to achieve. Um, so, terrific, feel good about that. And then you have to do something, you know, very cool and and swank in New York. Cause, That's right. You know, Maybe some shopping. You, you, <laughs> shopping, going clubbing, going to theater, going to, there's all sorts of terrific things to do. So... Uh, And you should be on cloud nine because at the moment you're a nominee and by then you could be a winner. But regardless, no matter what, you are a winner because A, you got the nomination and B, you managed to meet and exceed your goals. And that is an amazing thing.
3: Yeah, thank you so much. And we're really pleased that our our executive director, Paula Otto, of the Virginia Lottery is actually going as well because she is an APR. She's an accredited member of the... PRSA uh, Association, and and she also wants to see this once-in-a-lifetime moment, and she played a big part in, you know, surprising all those teachers last year. So we'll have um, three of us there. Well, that's terrific. So the three of you
1: enjoy yourselves. Jill Vaughn, APR, Director of Communications for the Virginia Lottery, thank you so much for joining us today, and congratulations again on your nomination.
3: And thank you so much. And one last thing, I just wanted to thank, you know, We have a great team here in our communications department, and we could not have done this program without every single one of them. And um, Jennifer Mullen, our communications manager, really took the lead here, and and she will be in New York City uh, with Paul and I, and just wanted to give her a shout-out specifically due to all her hard work. You know what? Well, that was so
1: nice of you. I'd like a shout out. (laughs) (laughs) That was very nice. You know, the best of luck to you. And, um, and we love hearing it. I mean, I think that's, you know, the key to any great campaign is having people, you know, is having a a good group of people to work with. That's exactly right. Sounds like you guys have, uh, you know, you guys are pretty tight over there. So, and you're going to have fun. Sounds like you're also going to have extra fun in New York. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about girl power. All right, Jill, thank you so much. Okay, it's great talking to you. All right, super great talking to you too, everyone. That was Jill Vaughn, director of communications for the Virginia Lottery, and her, her submission for the PRSA Silver Anvils.
0: You have been listening to our exclusive coverage of the 2009 ERSA Silver Anvil Awards. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.